I love you. Welcome back to the couch, potatoes. We have a very, uh, uh, we are the sleepy boys. We're coming at you today uh, with a very tired, but uh, uh, willing, energized. Yeah. We, will, we will be pumped talking. Uh, I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. Yeah. As he yeah. said it before try. I talked over him, he's the Green Traveler from someplace called Gorsh. He said he'll take Gorsh. me one day, but we're still here. Never traveled yeah. outside of uh, the solar system myself. Yeah, but I told you a long time ago that I would take you someday, and I told you retroactively later that I've been banished. So I was just lying to you. I always forget that because I was so convinced on the lie that you told me for years. I am the faceless Leon. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember what it was. I wanted something from you. And that's why I told you. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll take you someday. Yeah, just do X for me here. It was friendship. Yeah, it was friendship. Yeah, that's what I wanted from you. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) This is a podcast (laughs) about movies and TV. And it's called Green and Faceless on the Couch. And we're doing the potato pig. It comes once a month. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah. That, this is, yes. And the today. That's fireworks. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is our first Thursday episode in July. That's when we always do the potato pick. Now, given that, that means that the 4th of July happened earlier this week. And, uh-huh. yeah, dog. My dogs, the most dogs, at least that I know of, don't like fireworks. But my dog cared just a little bit less than she might normally have because she was worn, (laughs) so worn (laughs) out because we had friends over and the first thing that happened was that she got loose. Usually she stays in the house and greets the friends because she is happy about friends. But she was ready to escape that day, and she just darted out there and was gone for like a whole hour and a half. Yeah, it was scary. So we didn't really hang out very much after that either. We just watched a little bit of TV. Yeah. It was sad. I felt bad about that because I felt bad about a lot of things about that. One, I was carrying Taco Bell, and I had a bag in my arm, but like, you know. I, I have a dog as well, as you right. all, all you lovely couch potatoes know. And so I understand the uh, the fear of the dog getting out and running. Right. And so uh, I, I made the choice. The con- <laughs> I feel like it was a conscious decision, even though it really wasn't. But it's like I made the choice where I was like, well, I'm not going to throw my Taco Bell down to tackle this dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was a moment. I think there was like a, a brief second right at the beginning where I could have just like, if I had just thrown everything to the ground, I could have just grabbed her easily. But uh, I think the way my brain was working was the same way that, you know, how my dog acts. Uh, but I also live in an apartment complex. So it's like right. um, to get to my front door, you have to come through a hallway that's inside. Yeah. You know, so when I open the door and we greet friends, Zelda runs out of the house and she'll circle the friends and then come right, right back inside. She can't go I anywhere. I thought that she was going to do that too. Because, yeah, exactly. yeah. Because she is usually very excited that people are in her house. 
but she right. is only leash trained. She will not stay if she is not attached to your arm. Uh, she yeah. will sit and stay if if you if she's attached to your arm, but that's it. Um, you know, I'm trying to get her to that next step, but I I think the only way to do that is to do the fence and. Well, we all know how money is. Yeah. Yeah. Money's rough. Well, anyhow, yeah, there was, today... There's there another moment. Oh, sorry. There's another moment, too, where I felt uh, felt regret at, at a decision I made. And that was uh, we, we had finally found her. We had come yeah. upon her. She was enjoying herself. She was jumping in some bushes and weeds and everything. And she starts running at me. And I was like, all right, here's my chance. So I had, I had two ideas. One was just tackle her. The uh-huh. other one was I had a few treats in my pocket, so I pulled the treats out and I got down and I was holding them out like, "Come on, yeah, don't you want some yeah. treats?" She did not give a rat's no, ass. She didn't care. Yeah, she gave me that big old pit bull grin, and then she was just like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> just kept running <laughs> past me, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I should have tackled yeah. her." <laughs> I was yeah, like- <laughs> and I was I was busy at that moment when we were very close to her. Talking to to Bob about her because honestly, I thought the other dog had enticed her to stay because <laughs> uh, la- not the last time she got out, but she got out on Christmas too. And it always seems to be a holiday that she gets out. I, I swear yeah. it was a holiday the last time too, but it was it was a very short amount of time that time. Anyhow, Christmas, she gets out and she winds up on this farm semi-harassing their cattle and they were cool about it which is good <laughs> the cattle were or the people no, the, the farmers farm? the farmers <laughs> are cool about it the cattle were all up in their their barn and it was like a, a small herd of cattle and uh she was trying so hard to find a way in there and i thought she was gonna get in there and start biting at their ankles uh but she didn't uh so I thought that was going to happen. Like she found something that she was interested in. You know, she was eating that dog's food and that dog was so timid. They were just like, oh, okay. <laughs> just like turned no, I guess, away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so rude. <laughs> yeah, I was. I even said that to her. I was like, Garlic, that's rude. You just don't eat so- someone's food. Uh, well, anyhow, we didn't come here to talk about that. I, I don't know why I brought it up necessarily. She is super pooped today. She tore up her pads really bad. Real bad. Right. Um, so we've been keeping them covered uh, and medicated with some, you know, topical stuff. And, yeah, she'll survive, but it's just going to be a bit. And I use yeah. a lot of conjunctions. <laughs> That's all right. Just like just like her, we'll survive too. We'll get over our tiredness probably tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> after we sleep. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like I just been, <clears throat> I've been having like uh, anxiety, like breathing issues. Mm. So it's, I think that's really what it is. Is it's just anxiety, but at the same time, like the way anxiety works is, you know, I can't breathe. I can't get a full breath. I'm not getting enough oxygen. Therefore. I must panic. (laughs) I must like try to breathe as much as possible. And that doesn't help anything. But like, that's been my whole day is just been trying to control my breathing and get that figured out and not, not not fixate on that. It's another issue. Cause that's what my brain really wants to do is it wants to make another issue. 
my 29 year old brain being like you're going hard yeah i think a lot of our listeners probably understand anxiety unfortunately and um yeah also just living a very anxious time so i i can't say that i'm surprised that you're having this anxious (laughs) right yeah Uh, Yeah, it's been been a rough couple of weeks been a rough month actually yeah sure has it's all politics it's all fucking politics those damn people getting in our lives yeah but we're here to talk about movies and uh we had a very special someone who (laughs) you know she she wins this uh vote very often our patrons get our biggest fan from patreon.com and delma callahan uh she you know suggests every week and uh, that's because she loves us and she gave us misery and i love you mom <laughs> <laughs> and she gave us misery and fried green tomatoes which i always want to call green fried tomatoes why i don't right. know and it just makes we're just gonna focus sense. on kathy bates <laughs> isn't that gonna be nice yeah, that's the that was it. It's the actor spotlight for Kathy Bates. I'm really I love Kathy Bates. She's got a lot of good uh, good films in the bank there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy that Mom gave us these. Uh, and if you want to join in next time, Couch Potatoes out there, if you want to be involved in the potato pick, you just head on down to that website we just mentioned, Patreon.com/slash/GreenFaceless. Check out our tiers. There's a certain rung on the ladder there you gotta sign up for to be able to. Make votes, make the make, uh, make suggestions. the suggestion. Yes, Thank but you, you yeah. will get a vote no matter what tier you join. That's true. And uh, if you want to step on up to the ten dollar tier, we got something pretty exciting coming for you later this month. Uh, pretty soon, actually, just a yep. couple mo- weeks from now, I would say. Uh, and that is a Patreon exclusive episode where the faceless Leon and I talk our uh, just casually ch- casually chat about our. Uh, most recent viewings, you yeah. with the, the faceless pitches and me with the green ketchup, where I get to pour all my little goo on you and talk about yep. the new films I watched yep. at theater. So there have been a lot of want, films too. If you want this show to be X rated, come on oh, down yeah, to patreon.com slash greeted faces. Because the only films I see in theaters, it's adult theaters. Let's be honest here. <laughs> I don't go to see any of those. Any of those blockbuster releases y'all are oh, begging for. Yeah, nobody. Likes no, that's that. not true. We're gonna. I'm gonna be talking blockbuster releases. That's the. That's what I go to see in the theaters. So if you've been uh, wanting to hear my opinion on films like, say, Elvis or Lightyear or any of the other re- recent releases. Uh, gonna want to sign up for that tier you know you don't want to check out our, yeah. our uh, patreon page there yeah uh and since you gave a little preview i'll probably talk about gentleman jack and other series oh i don't actually remember jack. i know there's some that i've watched and never talked about on this show and it just kind of it kind of went by the wayside so i have to kind of work through my memory work through <laughs> the remember what you've pitched and what you haven't right so, why don't you tell us about Misery? Yeah, let me tell you about Misery. We're all so stressed and so tense and so anxious, and so we sat down and we watched a very tense thriller, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it and, was. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, if you don't know, it's Stephen King, one of his best uh, novels. Honestly, it's, it's easily in his top 10, top 20 best novels. Dudes wrote, like, you know, 60-plus fucking novels. 
Right. Um, but it's it's a novel about overexcited, over dramatic fans, and also about cocaine addiction because that was you know that's where Stephen King was at the time was with addiction and how it controlled him, and at the same time, also the fame that was coming his way. I don't remember you know this is probably in his first fifteen novels that he wrote and. You know, he was pretty pretty darn famous when this came out, and he had a lot of pretty crazy fans coming up to him, and people who would uh, give him suggestions and everything. Nothing nothing this dramatic, of course. Don't I just want to walk down the street in Maine, guys. Come on. I just want to, yeah, it is, it's people swerving at me with vans and shit. I'm oh, sorry. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry don't trigger the man. <laughs> honestly though you're one of my favorite uh writers i mean i have issues with your stuff but that's because i love you and uh i love you so much that if you ever want to just come on to the podcast and we'll you know wow. watch some of your favorite horror movies and talk they'd be amazing <laughs> that would be, be good yeah, yeah. i might have a good. heart attack because of that no <laughs> but uh no this isn't this is he didn't write this movie what though he cat. didn't write the screenplay he just went he, yeah he sold it <laughs> i know right <laughs> i tried <laughs> you won't hear this <laughs> oh man but no it's 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 got a lot of um amazing behind the the camera people first and foremost the director is rob reiner um famous for and this is like smack dab in the middle of rob reiner's best films too this is uh he did princess bride a uh, few good men uh, i think he did stand by me another stephen king adaptation uh, but his first one <laughs> his first one is this is spinal tap and we won't go any further i love, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. we'll have to watch that someday but uh it's also written by a constant um i think he i think he wrote a lot of screenplays for rob reiner i'm not sure but william goldman the actual person who wrote Princess Bride, the novel, as well okay, as the screenplay. Yeah. He wrote both. He One of his earlier stuff was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, wow. I think he did Heat. I can't remember. I think he did Heat. Uh, Al Pacino. It's a great yeah. film. Um, yeah, huge people. And then the, the basic story is you have an author. Let me get his name here because I only remember James Caan. Paul Sheldon. Yeah. You have an author, Paul Sheldon. He's he has a. That's how you say that. Yeah, Con. It's yeah, not, James Con. It's not can can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, elongated can has got two A's in there. Yeah, I believe it's con. I think um, you're right. And a lot of people turn this rule down too. Uh, you have Paul Sheldon though. He's an author. He wrote a very famous uh, series of books based on this one lady named Misery. Uh, that's his character. Of course, it's not based on a lady. Sorry. But he, he wrote a series of books featuring Misery as the character. And, uh, you know, after he finishes a, another screenplay, I don't think it's a Misery novel. I think it's another, or is it a Misery novel? Uh, he he, what he finishes is a... The one about the slum kids. <laughs> yeah, it's not Misery. Because yeah. uh, this isn't a spoiler, because they talk about it like in the first scene or two. His most recent misery book killed off the character because he wants to focus on other things. He he That's feels right. like maybe yeah. he's not really a writer anymore because all he's been able to do is this. You know, sent his kids to college, sure, but he's right. <clears throat> he wants to move on, and yeah. yeah so the new yeah. one is like it's kind of an experiment. He's honestly not even sure what it is. 
it's kind of autobiographical, I believe, yeah. too. Like, cause he, uh, the, the only thing I remember is that, uh, when he, when he is in the care of Annie Wilkes, played by Kathy Bates, which I'll get to, uh, when he's in the care of her, though, she complains about his, his writing right. because she's like, you use swear words so many. Like, you shouldn't be using swear words. People don't talk like that. And he's like, no, it's about slum kids. I'm a slum kid. Yeah. We talk like that. That's, that's how it goes. And she's, she, she, she just blows up. Yeah. Also, I know you grew up in Deep Wood, Colorado with maybe six other classmates or whatever. It seemed like only six people actually lived there. And I can tell you from my own experience from being in a small town in Indiana that we cursed like sailors. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we did. (laughs) I know this Several decades after uh, Annie Wilkes is supposed to have grown up, but also she just has a lot of mental. She's uh, very problems. religious. Yeah, she's and, very yes, very yeah. religious too. Yeah, she doesn't like she doesn't like certain language. She doesn't like certain things, and uh, and Paul becomes part in her, in her care. He falls into her care when he has a nasty car accident in the middle of right. was it a blizzard? Like maybe it was a snowstorm. Yeah. I can't remember. It was a big old blizzard. But, yeah, and he, he's very hurt. I can't remember all of his injuries, broken leg, all a bunch of shit. And she, she, surprisingly and, you know, amazingly, I mean, very fortunate for Paul mm-hmm. Sheldon here. You know, he, uh-huh. he has this nasty car accident, and the first person to find him is a nurse. That's right. He's very lucky that this stalker. Very, very lucky. Was there. Yeah, and stalker she is. She loves his books. She's his number one fan. I'm your number one fan. That's what he wakes up to. I'm your number one fan. Like it repeats. Such a good shot. Yeah. Honestly, I gotta give a shout out to uh, Barry Sonnenfeld. He is the cinematographer. I love the cinematography of this movie. It's really well done. There's a lot of good. um, I mean, specifically, first and foremost, the very first shot of this movie is a cigarette and a book of matches. Yeah, and, you know, out of folk. Yeah, and then it, and it, um, what's the what's the racks? Oh, racks focus. Thank you. Yeah, racks focus from the cigarette and the matches to Paul Sheldon typing away at a typewriter. All three of those things very important to the story, oh, <laughs> and yeah. especially the third act. Yeah, really well done. Like I love yeah. that kind of shit. That's really good storytelling. Rob Reiner does a great job, especially building up throughout, because um, Paul Sheldon is confined to one room. You know, he's in the he's in a bed. He's got a lot of injuries. It's a chamber play essentially. And, and, and at first, she seems kind of sweet. She's very nice, right. very sweet, warm-hearted. She has, you know, that tick. Like, when she complains about his swearing, that's the first time where you get a really good sense that something's a little off in her head, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And it's because she's like, she just goes insane. She doesn't like the swears. And she's like, you don't have to say all these cock... Uh, she doesn't say cock here, but she says it later. <laughs> but, like, that that's the kind of language she uses. She's like, cock yeah. oh, my stars, glim, like, heaven's nowhere. Flim flam. Yeah, she 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 won't curse, damn it. She just wants Paul to like her though. That's the that's the other thing. She's very yeah. desperate that he does like her because she is again his number one fan. Now, that said, she does get very mad at him very. when misery dies. When yeah. she reads that book or maybe maybe it's maybe she'd already read it. I can't remember what, but she gets she's not okay with it. 
She's not okay with it at all. No. And she uh, she starts to physically, mentally, emotionally torture this poor man to keep him in bed, to keep him sick, and forcing him to write her, you know, a new, a, you know, the next misery story. Yep. Misery can't be dead. He's got to resurrect her. Misery returns. That is the title. Misery returns. Yes. Oh, it's good. Yeah, and it's it's a. Uh, that's that's just it. That's that's basically the plot is she's keeping this man in her home and nobody knows. You know, people no. know he's missing. Yeah, people are searching. Missing, Specifically uh Sheriff that's right. Sheriff Buster played by the great Richard Farnsworth. I do like Buster quite a whit bit and his wife Virginia their little <laughs> tiny side story is so cute. Like she's just really horny. Yeah. She's a super horny old lady, but he, he's just old and tired, and he's like, come on. Yeah. And she's, <laughs> and she uh, she's played by Frances Sternhagen. Yeah, thank you. She also thinks that he's cheating on her, but he's really just <laughs> out and investigating, and when she confronts him about it, he's like, I am flattered that you think I have that much energy. <laughs> right. Oh my god! And she's his deputy too, which is yes, the funniest fucking yeah, thing. There's such there's, a small town that yeah, six people that live there. I swear. I love I love the scene where they get in the car and like she reaches over and like touches his leg, and he's like, "Now, damn it, Virginia! <laughs> when you're in this car, you're my deputy. <laughs> We're no fooling around." <laughs> they are definitely it. the comic relief. Yeah, they provide a lot of levity because, again, it's as you said, it's a chamber play. Basically, it's in it's in one room. Right. There's a lot of. I mean, it's in the whole house. Basically, you you go. You don't just stay in the room, but a lot of it takes place in that yes. bedroom. Yeah. And occasionally, you know, it's the the tension builds so fucking much at times, and you're so kind of terrified for this poor guy because Annie Wilkes, she starts to. Her her crazy goes to a whole new uh-huh. level, uh-huh. Um, and especially in some very iconic scenes that we'll talk about soon. But y- uh-huh. you really feel for him, and the the sheriff and his wife they provide that that needed levity to relax because it's like you know the, the tension builds so high, and then you're just like, oh my god, I think I'm about to have a heart attack, and then it cuts to them, and you're just like, okay, yep. all right, yep. we're good. The comic relief is here. We can we can breathe easy. <laughs> Very well used characters, I would say. Uh, yeah, but uh, maybe a spoiler. I'm not very happy with the ending of Buster. Uh, no, I'm not either. But it made for it's good story. It made for yeah. good story, and it provided everything in that third act too that you needed. Because I mean, Paul Sheldon throughout the movie is p- plotting his escape. He's working right. towards his escape. It takes a lot out of him, um, but the the way everything is is brought into place for that finale is really well laid out. Yeah. Like it's it's amazing. Um, but you know, I don't want to I don't want to spoil things because I do definitely recommend this film. But I will say that there's one iconic scene we have to talk about, yeah. and that's the hobbling scene. Yeah, everybody knows it as the hobbling scene, and uh, it's gruesome. It sure, it's is. very gruesome. Is it gory? No. no, there's no gore at all. I mean, it, until the very third act, you know, there's a bit of gore at the end, but not a lot. It's also pretty, like, low-budget movie gory. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like ketchup packets exploding kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like yeah, like there's obviously a dummy used at one point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 all well laid out and it's still good. But that that hobbling scene, I remember the first time I watched that. I don't I don't remember if I read the book first or watched the movie first. I'm pretty sure I read the book first, but. I don't remember what it's like in the book because the movie's so damn good. The, you know, I remember the movie more than I remember the book. The clip is so iconic that yeah, whatever, yeah. I don't even remember what production company this was from, but whatever production company this is from, when they were, when the, the DVE craze was hot, all the um, previews that were for their production company, that was the clip that they used just leading up to her swinging the the, ha- the sledgehammer yeah. yeah they don't show his legs but she just says whatever yeah. that line is that she says and then she starts to swing and then they cut to something else that's big and exciting uh yeah that the hobbling what that means is you know that uh there comes a point where paul sheldon's getting healthy again getting healthier again you know he's able to move his legs. He's he's she doesn't need or he doesn't need her anymore. Basically, right. is what she's getting worried about. And also, she discovered that he was up and about, that he was roaming about her house, trying to look yeah. for an escape. And so uh, she decides she's got to hobble him. But anyways. Sorry, everybody. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but we're back. We're going to work through it. It's going to be fine. We're still having the difficulties, but that's okay. <laughs> We've done it with this before. We'll be okay. But as we were saying, yeah. we are talking about the hobbling scene. And uh, in the book, originally, I believe, again, I don't remember the book that well, but I believe it was an amputation. I don't believe it was oh. a hobbling. I believe oh, it was God. an amputation. And I remember reading that that was originally what they were going to do for the movie, too. But Rob Reiner was, like, afraid it would uh, um, take away from the audience's ability to, like, empathize with Annie Wilkes. You know, because she's she's mad, of course. She's going, you know, she is a crazy so person. she's going to hobble him, and that'll make him feel real bad for her. <laughs> I mean, like, they'll still hate her, but I, f- I guess right. apparently Rob Reiner was of the opinion that, like, a physical amputation would just end it completely. Like, audience would just be like, nope, there's no forgiving this bitch, she crazy. <laughs> Whereas with a hobbling, like, you can still hate her and still, like, be like, nope, there's no way to f- that you can be forgiven. But, well, like, there can still be sympathy for her situation. While, while I... Uh... I guess I understand their logic in that. For me, I would say because an amputation is a legitimate medical practice, where hobbling was like mm. a torturous one. Um, yes. Yeah, I feel like uh, I would be. I would go the other way. I'd feel like, okay, she's a nurse. Right. She at least knows <laughs> what she's doing, but God, you're freaking nuts, lady. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I understand. Like, I don't, I, I love the scene we got. I think it's very, you know, it's iconic for one thing. Uh, whereas, like, an amputation, like, many films have done amputations. Like, sure, we, you know, we'd still remember it, but, like, it probably wouldn't be as iconic. Right. But, like, yeah, I don't I don't understand his reasoning. I, I mean, because there, there's a moment where you I, I, I sympathize for 
Annie Wilkes. You know, there's a moment where I'm just like, yeah, she's mad. I, I feel bad for her because she's lonely and, you know, she, she's kind of been like sh- shunned by society in a way. And like, you know, I can sympathize with that. I understand what that's kind of like. So it's like, you know, there's a moment where I empathize. But after a while, you know, her religion starts to seep in, uh, seep in. a lot of her her crazier mannerisms start to become very apparent. It's right. just like it, it the sympathy goes away for me <laughs> about halfway through the film it's to the point where when the hobbling scene happens, I'm just like, oh, Paul, oh, Paul, yeah. you poor oh, man. <laughs> please get out of here, please. And I would say um, that that is all made possible because of the very tense and real performance that Kathy Bates gives. Like, it almost feels wooden at first because she has that, like, sweet veneer. But, like, when she has that upswing and goes back down, like, oh, I'm so sorry, Paul. My damn temper. Well, I guess she wouldn't say damn. Yeah. Uh my darn temper. <laughs> my darn temper. My cockadoody temper. My cockadoody do temper. Ooh, I said doo doo. My I, I should wash my mouth out. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> so she she's just good. Well, I, yeah, that's it's, really it's all I want to say. Yeah, is that she did a great, great yeah, it's job. It's really a good performance. Like, yeah, the way she can fluctuate between, like, most sweet person ever to I'm going to fucking kill you without saying the word fucking. Right. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. And fun fact, this is the <laughs> this is the only Oscar award for a uh, Stephen King adaptation is Kathy Bates' performance in this. Wow. <laughs> None of... Of like the fifty plus like movies ba- made off of a Stephen King uh, story or uh, novel or you, whatever, yeah, this is the only mean one. To tell me that Thinner didn't win Best Picture? No, no, it didn't. Neither did the Dark Tower remake. It was so that you know, it's was crazy. disappointing. What snubs? Yeah, I was pretty sure Idris Elba would win Best Actor for that film. Yeah. Hashtag sarcasm for anybody who can't hear that in our voices. (laughs) (laughs) You mean to say Maximal Overdrive didn't get best screenplay of the year? (laughs) God. Uh, I I mean, the way that people loved, like, uh, Carrie and is it Christy or Christine? Uh, Christine. Yeah, the way that people love those movies, I was kind of surprised they didn't get some kind of accolades. They probably got some kind of like choice awards or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they, I mean, it's not the only one that was nominated. There have been many others, like Shawshank Redemption definitely got nominations and everything. The Green Mile, probably. Yeah, yeah. Green Mile, yeah, yeah. But this is, it's the only one to ever win an award uh, because Kathy Bates won the. Best actor, best best actress. I don't know if she got best actress or best supporting actress. I feel like best actress, right? I would guess yeah, best, best actress. actress because there's only the two leading roles, right? Oh, I mean, I guess uh, Lauren Bacall is in this. She plays that is uh, true. Marcia Sindel, his agent, who really is the one yeah, who calls Buster and is like, "Hey, uh, this guy's never late." And he said there was a book read. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah. But that that leads me also to, uh, g- you know, given Kathy Bates' performance, given the spotlight that Annie Wilkes gets in this film, 
Uh, here's a list of all the people who turned down the role for Paul Sheldon. Not all the people, but a lot of them. Uh, William Hurt turned it down twice. Kevin Klein, mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, Harrison Ford. This is all from Wikipedia. Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Richard Dreyfuss, Gene Hackman, Robert Redford. Wow. Uh, Warren Beatty was also interested in the role, but he dropped out. Um, all those people, you know, uh, they all were offered this role. And the reason they turned it down is because they wouldn't be the, the you know, they would get top billing, but they wouldn't be the person people were talking about going right. home from the theaters. Right. You know, because the script. balls. I mean, come yeah. on. Well, I mean, uh, this, I, yeah, they, I, they, I agree they, with you, but at the same time, they're big names and they don't want to be confined to a bed to do just a reactionary role because that's all this role, uh, cons role really is, is there's a lot of reaction to it. It's not much. Well, you, know, you I don't was do much but sit in the bed. That it would be yeah. really hard to imagine this movie without James Caan. But Dustin really, Hoffman, yeah. I really can see in that bed. <laughs> I don't know right. why. <laughs> that would really work. Uh, it would, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to say that that's the reason they all turned it down. There might be other reasons, but that's this the the one I've heard, you know, the excuse that's been given a lot is that you know, you go see Misery, you leave, you're not talking James Conn. I mean, no. you do after a while, but you're mostly talking Kathy Bates. You know what? And like, I really thought until I watched this movie just now, I've never seen this before, by the way. Wow. I wow, really, really thought that Kathy Bates was playing Misery, but Misery's a pig. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes the misery is kathy or annie wilkes pig that she named after her favorite novel character <laughs> i mean that's just silly like why would you name your pet after something you know yeah. like after like, like a, a video game or anything <laughs> right zelda yeah <laughs> she's named after zelda williams my favorite robin williams kid oh that's that's so nice uh, <laughs> but fuck those other uh, kids right oh uh, man but no um uh yeah james Conn's performance though is it is incredible it's really well done um because again, it's purely reactionary. You know, it's it's uh, if any other uh, well, I, I don't want to be misleading here, but like imagine somebody else being Kathy Bates, you could have had a huge flop. Yeah, you know, if 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 it had been anybody else but Kathy Bates as Annie Wilkes, you know, it could have almost been like a B movie. Yeah, um, like I like I mentioned, like some of the effects, they're definitely very cheaply done. You know? I mean, they were they were trying for like a Hitchcocky style. Right. Film. It felt very like felt hitchcockian yeah and, I, uh, I felt that and like i i, I kind of feel like that you know if, if you do hitchcock wrong you definitely are looking at something <laughs> something <laughs> b-movie-ish you yeah. know yeah i'd agree i'd agree but you well, know writer's you... direction is pretty damn good yeah i guess i'm just leading into closing statements here sounds good sorry <laughs> no it's okay that, yeah, i was it's... just thinking that maybe we ought to get on the fried green tomatoes but go ahead yeah, it's uh, it, it, Reiner's direction. It's very homey, um, and then it starts to feel very cagey after a while because you start feeling locked right. up with James Caan, and it's it's really well done. Again, he he points out everything you need to see that's going to be important later. You know, he brings up all these like small objects. He focuses on them with the camera, and it's it's really well done. You know, he he gives you everything without explicitly being like, "This is what's going to happen." Damn it, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like you, you can piece together all the crazy stuff that's going to happen at the end. And again, also that, that the ending, that final third act, it's really beautiful. I love it. It's, it's super good. Um, the, the, the fight, the struggle. I love it. It's so tense. It's so yeah. exciting. And there's a lot of message to it as well. You know, it's like, um, I don't want to spoil it, but like, I'll say the, uh, Khan's final tool that he uses to escape is it's just a huge big old metaphor and that's stephen king for you i fucking love it it's it's really well thought out really well done amazing acting and fuck that hobbling scene it's so crazy i give it uh i'll give it three and a half stars there's part of me that wants to give it four stars but um it's not it's not a film that i go back to a lot you know even though i do love it it's not something that i want to rewatch a lot i think the problem with chamber drama like that's a problem with chamber dramas rather is that there's not very much returnability because we know where we start and we know where we end this same place so it's kind of hard to forget the uh events that take place in this one place because you don't have to remember different locations so for that reason it's a memorable movie uh, but I would agree with you that I'm probably not going to watch it over and over again. Though I will watch it again because I did really enjoy it. I give it a face. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's my favorite movie, but really I, I will put it up there as one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. I know I gave Shawshank Redemption a face and a half, at least I'm pretty sure. So I will put that one over it. But I have <laughs> a lot of like... yeah. I've watched that movie so many times. It would be hard to there's to a lot of nostalgia with that I have a face and a half uh, of investment in that. There, it's currency right. now. This these movies now have walking change. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! What should well, we before we uh, head into fried green tomatoes? Should we uh, take a soda pop break? You're right. We should. Are we back? Yeah, sir. All good. All good. <laughs> so, I'm here to tell you the story of Evelyn Couch, who comes to a nursing home, sits on a couch, and listens to the story of Iggy Threadgood <laughs> and Ruth Jameson. Don't, we don't forget about that. So, Evelyn Couch is uh, Kathy Bates. Um, who we are talking about today. <clears throat> but really, the, the big meat of the story takes place in the past, I would say, the 30s, uh, leading into the 40s, maybe. I don't know. They're not really talking about yeah, something like war that. too much, but there's a lot of uh, depiction of people uh, with who need food. So yeah. uh, I, I would say 30s, at least in that first part. So... Evelyn is being told this story by Minnie Threadgood, who is uh, looking back on her friends and family of of the past. Um, She is played by Jessica Tandy. The great Jessica Tandy. The great Jessica Tandy. (laughs) I'm sorry. The birds, Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, Oh, I love Jessica Tandy. Okay, Driving Miss Daisy. That's where I knew her from. Well, have you seen the birds? Have I might have seen. Birds? I might have seen the birds at one time. I know some scenes from Speaking the birds. Of Hitchcock. 
I know some scenes from it, but yeah, I don't think she's the main lady in the birds. She's, uh, well, she's, I uh, think she was on the cover. Oh. I looked like her, but you know, it is several years that the character that we're dealing with today. So, <clears throat> right, Minnie is only. I think she won an Oscar for this too, didn't she? Did she for Fried Green Tomatoes? That is wow. Well, she is like quick. she is a very good narrator. It was nominated. She was nominated. Yeah, it was not. Okay. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. She Sounds nominated. good. So, Nanny, uh, as she goes by, is only in the nursing home to help settle her friend in who uh, isn't doing so well. <laughs> and she, to pass the time with Evelyn, who keeps on getting kicked out of whoever the hell her aunt's, uh, it's, it's her husband's aunt, Ed Couch. Ed, played by uh, Gallard <laughs> Sartain. Sar- is it Sartain? I love that name. This, yeah, probably something like that. Ed Couch. Ed like Couch. Ed, Ed Couch. <laughs> a good name. TV reviewer extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> and also, absolute like just. I mean, I, I want to say asshole, but like he's just, he's like the he's the deadbeat husband who just like well, he's not deadbeat, but you know, he just doesn't recognize. He doesn't pay attention no, to his wife at no, all. No, he doesn't. He you know, it's, is it's, yeah, very much a ignoramus there you go that's a good one that's a good way to put them yeah it's like well honey if those classes if, if those marriage classes aren't doing you any good just stop going to them <laughs> yeah that i mean that's that's him to a fucking t right yeah. there it's it's kind of like you know he's he doesn't see any kind of problem because he comes home from work and there's always food on the table and he can right. just watch the tv and you know watch his sports games right and like obviously Kathy Bates wants a little more, you know, more than that. That's not her, you know, that's not the person, that's not the marriage she wants anymore. That's right. And so she has to seek her romance somewhere else. And so she gets it through Ninny's stories of Iggy, played by Mary Stewart Masterson, and Ruth, Mary Louise Parker. Now, the story, uh, I'm pretty sure Iggy's first name is imogen i just wanted to put that out there because i like that name and she really loves her buddy her brother buddy probably by chris o'donnell which i'm pretty sure was the first for me name on the credits the opening credits and i was like oh chris o'donnell's in this movie (laughs) i had no idea (laughs) uh and i and i just remember go ahead I was like, I was trying to think maybe it was an order of appearance, but then I'm like, no, I don't, this, you know, they weren't the first story. It was definitely on Evelyn first. So yeah, I don't, I don't remember where his name was in the, in the casting list because I wasn't really paying attention. (laughs) I think like maybe when this movie came out, I don't fucking know actually, man. Like he must've been doing something big or something to, to get that spot or they were just trying to fuck with you. Because he's only in the movie for the first five minutes, so right. So are you sure if, he was first too? Because I, I clearly remember Kathy Bates and like Mary maybe Louise Parker I missed being it. like, maybe I missed. Two. Yeah, because I, I was like, Kathy Bates just won an Oscar. Like, I doubt, I doubt that Chris O'Donnell would have gotten yeah. Top I would over her have doubted to that too. But anyhow, as the first one I saw, maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. I'll go with that. <laughs> anyhow. I was I surprised he was in this, though, because yeah. 
Yeah. Because the last time we talked about him, I said he's just in these Batman movies and <laughs> in Three Musketeers. I was immediately proven <laughs> wrong. Like the next day. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I, I say I watched it a lot as a kid. That's not really true. Mom watched it a lot. I watched it maybe like twice, right. like actually paying attention. And then you're like, oh, she's watching this again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. But I mean, like Chris was a surprise because I was I was honestly of the same opinion as you. Where I was just like, no, nah, he's just in the Batman movies. Like, I don't remember yeah. him in Three Musketeers. I just remember his <laughs> Batman movies. And like that, that was it for me. But then the other big surprise was Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, I, saw I was her name. I was like, too. what? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, she's in this, and, and then she's, she's like the main, the main one of the main yeah. characters. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I like I could have sw- if if somebody had pointed a gun at my head and said, what was the first thing you saw Mary Louise Parker in? I would have been like, weeds, weeds, weeds. I swear you to God. lie, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking liar. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she's super famous for that sh- uh, show about uh, the cannabis. Yeah. The cannabis. The cannabis. So, this movie's about something else that's green, but not that. It's about tomatoes. Not really. They Blech. they serve it at this diner that they open together later. But that this we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, <laughs> Buddy and Ruth were semi courting to become wed. They were both very young at the time. And Buddy dies because he gets his leg caught in the tracks uh, and mm-hmm. gets ran over by a train. And it was really fucking sad. <laughs> it was like right it at really the was. beginning yeah, of like, the movie. I was like, holy shit, and have, you just killed them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. And they have like two moments in that scene too where it's like you kind of stew on after the fact. Because there's like one moment... Where they're screaming at him because they see the train coming, and he obviously sees it too. Right. And uh, but like because they're screaming at him, he like takes a moment to like you know take off his hat and turn around, and be like, "I'm all right. I'm just yeah. you know, go hold on yeah. a second. You know, it's just like those those are the moments like when you when you look back on it, it's like, man, if he hadn't done that, he would have been free. He would have you right. know he probably would have gotten his shoe untied and like jumped out just in time. But like, yeah, it's. It's a it's a scene, man. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I, I forgot a lot and about it. And I will it. say, uh, I think that Chris did better acting in in those scenes than in his role as Robin at any point. What? Yeah, jumping Gee Willikers, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> holy backgasm! What are you talking about? <laughs> so, moving on from that. Iggy, like, basically becomes, like, a, a recluse, almost like a hermit character. Definitely, like, Annie at the beginning of Annie Get Your Gun. Um, Annie yeah, very tomboys. Yeah. And she has, Ruth, her mother, rather, sends Ruth to go and find her and be like, hey, maybe we should be friends or something so you can get out of this funk that you've been in for years. Because uh, they're like right. teenagers at this point. And uh, they really, really become just the closest to bosom friends. And I turned to my wife at this point. I was like, if this is not an lesbian love story, then I'm going to be mad. Right. And um, 
It, it mildly is. Like it, it yeah. there's there's a lot of hints and implications. I think the veil is so thin that I'm just like, why didn't they just say it? And I was like, oh, because it's the 90s and they're talking about the 30s. <laughs> but right, yeah, exactly. Still, yeah. It, it it's very obvious that these two women are in love with each other. But there, of course, are complications. Uh, Ruth gets married off to this one. What's his fuck? Um, he's important to the plot, but not an important character. Frank Bennett. Frank Bennett, played by Nick Searcy. I've uh, been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. Not Cersei. That's close. What? Not the... Yeah. <laughs> I said not Cersei, the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> so, he uh, marries Ruth, and he is super abusive. And the only reason why yeah. she stays is because she wants her mother who is elderly to be supported and her mother dies right so she contracts itchy contracts contacts itchy and it's like i need to get out of here i'm pregnant and this guy's crazy so they go with along with uh one character who's not so important and big uh george who has been itchy's best friend since she was a little girl uh, played by Stan Shaw. He uh, is just a real big black man, and he probably could put a lot of trouble on himself by going into that scary right. white man's house. And in fact, he did, because that's the plot. <laughs> jo- uh, yeah, that's Frank yeah. keeps on making trouble for Iggy and Ruth after they start this, uh, this <clears throat> cafe. And yeah, yeah. eventually Real he side. goes Railside Cafe. Yeah, Roadside Cafe. Um where they serve Railside. Fry- What's that? Railside. Okay, Railside. <laughs> Railside Cafe where they serve fried green tomatoes. This takes place in where? Is it Alabama? I think it's Alabama. Yeah, I believe it's Alabama. Yeah, another one in Alabama. And, and um yeah, Ruth and Ruth and Frank Bennett, they were in a different state. I can't remember which I state they were in, but they were in Georgia. Yeah, that sounds right. I think it, yeah. yeah, I think it was Georgia because it's like the law from Georgia comes up to right. Uh, well, sorry, I'm getting ahead of the synopsis again, but well, I mean, lo and behold, the very beginning of the movie, the the big story of it, you know what Iggy's telling starts off with Frank Bennett's truck getting pulled out That's of a, right. out of the river. That's right. He had right. gone missing. And uh, they Don't found this truck, and that send, sent Iggy and Ruth to trial uh, because they, yeah. it is suspected that they had something to do with it. And that is the, st- the story that's going on in the past. In the present, I right. guess we already kind of talked about it, uh, Evelyn kind of has this midlife life crisis also. She is going through menopause uh, and... Ninny is right. helping her through that. Is like, hey, you need to, you know, go take hormones, and it will help you feel better. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how many of those hormones you take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she like, she like breaks bad a little bit and starts like yelling at young people who are being rude, like from taking like their yeah, spots and stuff in parking lots. Their parking spot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that scene is crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, but that's that's also the kind of the sad part is uh, that that present day story, you know, where she's you know she's struggling with uh, sweet addiction too. She's right. she's eating candy bar after candy bar, and it's it's because she's neglected by her husband. And there's a lot of right. you know a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And while it's a very riveting story, and I still do enjoy it and appreciate it for what it lends to the movie. I don't give a rat's ass about the modern day story. <laughs> I can't. I sadly can't agree with you more. I I really yeah. wanted even just more of the past story. That's where I wanted to live. Yeah. But we are here today to talk about Kathy Bates. So we should right. focus on this. And I would say that at the beginning of the movie, I didn't care about Evelyn Couch. They did she didn't I didn't feel right. like I was made to care about Evelyn Couch. But as she starts growing as a person and why while, while you said this that's this story is riveting, I do think that it, it does have merit where Right. Uh she is learning how to live for herself rather for than this husband who really could care less to pay attention to her. And um, yeah. at some point, Ed does realize, oh, hey, she's like just becoming this completely other person and is leaving me behind. And so he tries. Yeah. He ends up trying a little bit. And uh, to and that's, spoil honestly, the ending, that's where I go ahead. Yeah, that's where I that's where I get a little pissy with the modern day story, though, is it's like the the way it ends, the way like, you know, the the the. The character build up and all the motivation that they, you know, delivered and everything in that modern day story with Kathy Bates and her husband, uh, what's his name? Ed. 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 It's just, it ends so poorly in my opinion because it's like I'm not satisfied with where they're at. Sure. You know, it's like, it feels like there's no comeuppance for Ed's behavior you know, it doesn't seem like he's actually learned anything at all either. Not necessarily. Like, he's just kind of still he, going along with it. He looks, he he seems to me like, hey, I need to let you be your own person. I don't have to expect right. there to be food on the table when I get home. Uh, he, he, it's not that yeah. he's necessarily trying, I don't know. It does seem like he's it, he's starting to catch on a little bit. And there's a sequel to this movie called... Um, Oh shit! Uh, fried green uh, old lady in my house, and that's this the movie where Ninny moves in with uh, Evelyn. You were serious? <laughs> and, and I was like, "There's a fucking sequel? What?" If there is, I have no idea. This is also fried the first green Ninny in my house. <laughs> oh my god. So, yeah, I, I do think that in that movie that doesn't exist, that Ed and Evelyn do become closer, or Ed leaves and she finds somebody who actually be she belongs with. Yeah. And, you know, maybe at Hopefully. one point they were very passionate for each other. They had a kid who has grown up and left. So who knows? And it's like, I'm sure the, the spark can still be there. I'm sure, And that's, that's where I'm really kind of sad about it, is it's like, I wanted to see more effort to either fix their relationship or just end their relationship and you know when it when it ends when it's all said and done sorry for spoilers but it's just it's there doesn't seem to be any kind of change you know he's still kind of the exact same 
man he was at the very beginning, she has changed a lot. But you know, I, I right. don't, I don't feel like there's a spark of of connection of like improvement at all in her relationship. And it, it it really just felt like the whole story was just in the past. It was just that that story of uh, Iggy and Ruth. Yeah, and and I mean it, 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 that's the thing is like I, I made the joke before this that they that you know I, I, I compared it to secondhand lions because it's a very similar mm-hmm. type of storytelling where you have you know this you know that young kid we've talked about on the show before in another Patreon pick actually um, but you have this young kid goes to his cousins or uncles or whatever like you know strange relatives yeah. uncles supposedly and and he's scared and he's you know he he's still trying to learn how to you know to grow up to be a man and uh at the same time he's being told this crazy adventurous story of the past and it's right. riveting and exciting but the thing with secondhand lions is that that modern day story and the past story are both riveting they're both they very both are, enthralling you're, you're very very right and it is basically yeah. the same the same narrative uh framework uh as this movie yeah yeah but for some reason yes i am not as grasped by the the, the story that's framing the story of the past and it's it's very weird because again like i watched it as a kid i think the fact that these stories take place in different times went right over my head because oh, I really? like I could have told you before having watched this I could have I, I would have sworn up and down that Mary Louise Parker and Kathy Bates act together at some point <laughs> because as a kid I remembered it that way you a know I remember them all scene. being in the same place yeah it's it's very weird because it's just like when I started watching this and then we cut back to the past and I was just like oh my god, it's all falling in place, and I'm starting to remember all this from the childhood, and all of my thoughts on this film have been wrong because I don't remember it at all. <laughs> Specifically the dark shit. There's a lot of dark, uh, yeah. a bit of dark comedy, especially at the end. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I had completely <laughs> forgotten about. <laughs> that is uh, pretty crazy, that, that little bit there. There is one thing that I want to spoil... That is at the very end of this movie, and I think maybe we'll lead that into closing statements. At the very end, while they're in that small town again, and Minnie finds out that they tore down her house, which that's sad, we also go and visit Ruth's graves. Uh, That is a big spoiler for the movie, sorry. They're old people at this point. Old people die. Anyhow. Yeah, it's it's modern time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Ruth's grave... There is a, a, uh, a fresh flower and a little card that says it's from her from Iggy and that Iggy would love her forever. And anyhow, this letter and the, the placement of this letter and stuff, yada, yada, implies that Nini and Iggy are the same person. And right. I just feel like that they could have more explicitly said that if that's what they were going to go for. I just didn't like the way that yeah. they did it. Uh, if that's what they're doing, it's for. very yeah. It's not. It's not upfront. It's not. Um, I agree with you because it's like that was one thing. Is like when it ends, I'm like, well, obviously Danny is itchy. Like right. there's no fucking yeah other way it could be in the book. Uh, so this is based off of a book by Fanny Flag. Um, the the full name is different. It's not. 
fried green tomatoes. It's uh, oh, it actually is. It's fried green tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. Oh, Whistle Stop! Name. You were telling me Rail Stop. God. Well, I was saying Rail Side. I was saying Rail Side uh, because it's beside a railroad. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fanny Flag worked on the screenplay too. Yeah, yeah, she did uh, alongside um, Carol Sabieski. I don't know her. So, oh, she actually. Whoa, I didn't realize this. Carol, uh, uh, we talked about Annie Oakley, but Carol Sobieski wrote Annie the nineteen eighty two. Oh, uh, wow! <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, it's it's uh, uh, in the book. I believe they were different people, Nanny and or Ninny and uh, Iggy. I believe, if I remember reading correctly, because I've never read the book. I've never oh. touched the book. I don't know anything about it. But I've I've. From what I've read, they're separate characters. But in the movie, it, it very much is trying to imply that they are the same person. Yes. And I don't know why they just didn't go ahead and do it. You right, know? yeah. Like, why leave it be a mystery? Yeah. Um, like It'd be one thing if Minnie wasn't sure how Evelyn would react to her being gay. But they don't even come out straight out and say that, even. Yeah, that yeah. Edgy and Ruth were gay, but it's very obvious. Um, they they don't yeah. they don't get with anybody else during that time. Then he does marry somebody, had a husband, they not uh, portrayed in the movie, but she had a husband and ch- mm. children, at least one child. So if she is Edgy, then you know you know sexuality is fluid. I'm not judging or anything, but it, it just in especially in this time period in, in movies. They don't typically flip-flop with people's sexuality because people were confused enough. Right. I think also, um, if they were lesbians, I feel like the implication is that she married because society basically forced her to. Yeah, possibly. like Because that's what, that's what happened to Ruth, too, you know. It's like, it's I mean, I would, I would hope for Edgy to have a better relationship. And it um, seemed like she did. But she definitely... said they lived in the same house for 40 years. And Edgy yeah. wouldn't put up with shit. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. true. She would not. So it's like, I would assume that, you know, she had a true love, but uh, married this guy because, you know, that's just, that was what it was, as sad as it is. That is it. Um, um, I give it a face. I, I think it's a, a very recommendable movie, more uh, geared towards LGBTQ than I hmm. would have realized. Uh, I, I think we would all... Right in that community uh, appreciate more explicitly being told that, that these characters are gay instead of them being coded as such. But I think Mm -hmm. it is an obvious romance between two women. and I enjoy it for that reason, especially how early it is. That's what I have to say about the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, I definitely enjoy it. You know, I, I give it a, I give it two and a half stars, honestly. Like I would give it three, but it's, as you said, it's there's too much undertone. You know, right. it's just just be explicit. Just you know, tell the story you want to tell. But there's a lot of undertone, and that that modern day story, boy, I just I'm sorry, Kathy Bates, you couldn't sell it. Like, I mean, she she does a great job. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, like, I, it's just it's it's boring. There's not a lot of romance, and that's I think that's really what it is. Is I want more romance out of this story. I feel like there's a lot more that can be grasped upon, and that they were just kind of floundering right. around i feel like um, kathy's character evelyn throughout the course of this realizes that she deserves 
this romance in her life and she's not getting it right and uh yeah and that's part of her growth but then she also doesn't get it right yeah that, that, yeah that's that really where it's at for it but we, because we do like at the, the very growth. least get her being like hey i can live for myself without this mm-hmm. even though i deserve it like she still learns how to live her life yeah she definitely becomes more empowered like she gets herself yeah. a job she gets out of the house she she does stop her her sweet her addiction to sweets right. like there's a lot of growth and i love the growth but like as you said i want her to be able to get that accomplishment in her in her love life you know yeah. i want her to to feel i don't know I wanted more of the romance. I wanted them to be more explicit. But, like, I love that that story in the past. And I love the acting, specifically from Mary Stuart Masterson as Iggy. And from Mary Louise Parker as Ruth. Because they're fucking great together. Like, they they were wonderful. And, you know, I I give it two and a half. I definitely recommend it. Uh, Mom, I'm sorry if I upset you with uh, anything that I, <laughs> that I said that upset you, because <laughs> uh, I know you love this film a lot. Yeah, I, I think and for good I, reason. I think on another watch, I might even like it more than I like it now, um, just because That's there's fair. a lot that happens in that story, and there's a large ensemble cast that's always in the background. I'm sure there's stuff to pick out that they're doing. That would be fun to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go go watch this movie if you haven't watched it. I thought it was a later movie than it was. I had no idea that it came out before I was even born. Same. Yeah. I So I was kind of surprised that it was an older movie, and I think it holds up. Um, I, I enjoyed it. But in regards to the actor spotlight, yes. man, Indeed. it's got to be Misery because... Goddamn, Kathy Bates. I have to agree with you. While I think she did both roles very well, I obviously Annie Wilkes is one of the roles that she's super famous for. (laughs) Like, yeah, and one of the most terrifying villains in a thriller movie. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Because she's almost inviting, almost. Yeah, almost. That dude, that opening shot too, or not opening shot, but the opening the first time you see Annie Wilkes from uh from um Paul Sheldon's perspective, when he's coming right. out of his uh unconsciousness. Right. And like, you know, it's it's out of focus, everything's swimming. You can see that Kathy Bates is standing over him, and it, that's why why you have that echoing uh um sound in the background, you know, I'm your number one fan. I'm your number <laughs> one fan. And she's saying it and you can hear in her voice that she's saying it with a smile. Yeah. But as that vision, as the the blurry out of focus comes into focus, she is just stone cold, and you are like very <laughs> unnerved almost instantly by her because you're you're hearing a smile, you're hearing yes. excitement, and then when you see her, that is not at all what's on her face, and it's it's well done, it's really well done. Check out both films, but uh, know that misery wins. The Kathy Bates actor spotlight. Yes, if you're if you're looking for Kathy Bates, go misery all the way. And with that, I think we made a show. We did. We, we made did. it through technical difficulties. We made it through sleep deprivation, possible heart attacks, <laughs> de- uh, 
uh, collapsing lungs. Yeah. That's what goes through my head. It's just like, I can't breathe. I must be having a heart attack. Yeah. I'm 29. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Why did you give me this failing vessel? Uh, Please. Where's my electronic cyborg heart? <laughs> I need a house nurse. Let me call up Annie Wilkes. Yeah. Nope. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, However, I'll you could call up her pig, and uh, I'll take I'll take Misery's heart. You know, you can call up her pig, oh, slaughter it, and give me the heart. That might that might cause some uh, want the heart. That I will have to say it yeah. looks like some pretty good uh, meat on there. I'll take the meat. I don't have a chest freezer yeah, though, so that. I'll probably have to sell some of it. I know you're vegetarian. You can just absorb so. a little bit of it. Yeah, I could just absorb it, it, but that is is the long route of digestion. Okay, chewing. You gotta. <laughs> I don't have teeth, but I still masticate. Okay, because it helps yeah. it absorb better in my that's fair formy warmy. Yeah, I was gonna say if you just form around the hog, you can't really go anywhere for the rest of the next months or so because you're just kind of this disgusting hog shape inside your body. <laughs> yeah, I have been to looking stay at you. home. You can't even hide. I have to yeah. stay home, and it I understand. Be fun. Well, that's our show, as we have said. It is, <laughs> and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed ourselves. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh, and I am the Faceless Leon. Thank you for listening. Safe travels and good night green and faceless on the couch is a proud production of fiction works 19 are you a fan of the show feel free to contact us at green and faceless fans at gmail.com or visit our patreon page at patreon.com slash green and faceless don't forget to comment like and subscribe or rate us on apple Podcasts. thank you so much for listening